Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, good morning, Every Nation New Jersey, and Merry Christmas. PA here, Pastor Adam Burt, and I'm so excited that you would spend your Christmas morning here with us at Every Nation, New Jersey. And so, um, listen, since it's Christmas morning, what do you say we roll into a little Christmas carol trivia? Sound good? All right, here we go. Um, did you know this, that the, the song Jingle Bells, it was actually written for Thanksgiving, not for Christmas, right? Who knew? Um, how about this one? You guys, we all know uh, the Grinch song. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, right? Well, that, that was sung by a guy by the name of Thurl Ravenscroft. And in fact, he was not only the Grinch in the song, but he was also Tony the Tiger. They're great, right? You remember that stuff, man? And so, so that's that. And um, uh, here's another one. How about uh, best-selling uh, Christmas carol of all time? Dun, 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 dun. Let's see. Did you get it? Yeah, it's Bing Crosby's uh, White Christmas. And then uh, last but not least, I'll say this one. Did you know that, that research has found that, that uh, goat dairy farmers, that uh, if, if their goats listen to Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, that the goats produce 20% more milk, right? Who knew? <laughs> and so, uh, man, I start off our time this morning for that, with that because I think we would all agree that songs are unbelievably powerful, aren't they? Like, like man, they have, the, they have the ability to soothe like a broken heart. A hurt soul, right? You just put on your jam and just kind of this cathartic healing process takes place. Or, man, you need to get the big workout in. You need to get pumped up. And what? You pump up the jams. And next thing you know, man, the adrenaline's flowing and you're, you're ready to go. And uh, like President Abraham Lincoln, you know, he even, he even knew the power of song. Like he said this, whoever controls the songs controls the nation. Right, and so um, uh, I know this as well that, that songs are incredibly powerful to teach. Um, you and I would have never lo- learned our ABCs were it not for the ABC song. Isn't that true? Um, how about uh, in grammar? You would never have remembered that it's A or, or I before E, except after C. That's right, right? It was our first taste at rapping, um, and so like songs are powerful. Uh, uh, just a, a point of transparency: I am terrible with names. But you know what? I can name you everybody on Gilligan's Island because of the Gil- Gilligan's Island song. And, and better yet, you know what I'll never forget? Because of John Mellencamp, I'll never forget a little ditty about Jack and who? Yeah, Diane, right? So, so we all remember like songs are unbelievably powerful. And get this, um, we're going to uh, um, uh, read what may be the oldest Christmas carol of all time. And Paul's going to use this very simple yet deeply theological song to help teach people in his day and time. Uh, In Paul's day, roughly uh, 90% uh, of the population would have been illiterate. And so to have this song stuck in somebody's head, uh, teaching deep theological truth, is is unbelievably powerful. And so uh, what do you say we look at what might be the oldest Christmas carol of all time. It's found in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It reads like this. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, 
seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up into glory. And so, Lord, I pray you give us grace this Christmas morning. So let's unpack this uh, Christmas carol here this morning. So it begins with this verse. He was manifested in the flesh. He was manifested in the flesh. And so here's what I I always want to remind us. Listen, without Christmas, the incarnation, there is no Easter, no resurrection. And and you and I are still trapped in our sin and our trespasses, right? But, um, But because of Christmas, we get to know what God is like. Like you and I, we don't have to guess what God is like. And have you ever done this before where like you're, you're texting with someone you've never met before and you get this mental image of what they look like and it almost never looks like the image you have in your head? Or um, I, mean, I, I know uh, one a certain pastor, I, I would listen to his preaching all the time and you can imagine how excited I was to meet this guy. And in my imagination, I knew just what he was like and until we, we played 18 holes of golf together. And by about the ninth hole, I'm like, oh my gosh, I hate this guy. Like, Lord, uh, please kill me or him uh, before this uh, golf uh, time is over with, <laughs> right? Is, is that a little too much for Christmas morning? Right, I apologize. But, but yeah, we, we get these images and here's the, the great thing. See, because of the incarnation, we don't have to guess what God is like because we get to see what God is like in the person of Jesus Christ. He's called Emmanuel, God with us. And the, the, the amazing thing is in your Bible, there are four biographies we get from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And each of them give us a different uh, dimension and perspective on the life of Jesus Christ, on who he is. So we don't have to guess what God is like. We can see what he's like uh, as we unpack the scriptures, the life of Jesus. And so um, uh, here's something else that's amazing. Because of the incarnation, because he was manifest in the flesh, um, we don't just get to understand God better, but, but in a very odd and strange, unique way, God gets to understand us better. And here's what I mean. Like, like Jesus is called a sympathetic and an empathetic high priest. And here's the reason why. It's because he's walked as a man in a Genesis 3 sinful world. Like he knows it's scary and difficult to be us. And, and here's what I love. You know, in Philippians 3.10, it'll say this. A kind of an odd scripture to wrap your head around. But it says that, that we, we are to um, uh, know and understand the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. It's this idea that in a weird way that that Jesus suffered and as we suffer, there's this odd fellowship, this knitting together, if you will. Um, In fact, I I know this, like for years, uh, being the New York Jets chaplain, that that, you know what the the NFL teams do? They tend to take their football teams during training camp, uh, not to fancy resorts and spas, but rather they take them to beat up old campus universities where they stay in nasty dorm rooms, right, and eat in cafeterias. And, and what they like to do is they, they want to they make these men suffer. And as they suffer well together and train together, there's this knitting. Even our armed forces, look at the Navy SEALs. They have what's called Hell Week. And they put these men through hell uh, for, for roughly six to eight days. But after that time of going through that difficulty, in hardship together, there's this unbreakable bond that's forged between the seals. And so uh, Jesus, as he walked in our place, he understands how difficult it is to be us, and it, it draws him to us. So um, 
you know, having played in the NHL for 14 years, I had, uh, um, by the way, that wasn't a humble brag, uh, <laughs> is uh, I had a lot of injuries. And so uh, I had like 11 plates and, you know, 32 screws put in my, my face. I have five back surgeries. And I, I had a, uh, an uh, ACL, MCL knee surgery, right? And so I know what that looks like, and I know the brace you have to wear. And it was fascinating. My wife and I, we, we went to Target the other day, and, and I saw this, this kid. I'm guessing he's about 13 years old, and he's got that brace on. I realized he's had ACL surgery. And, and something was drawn. I couldn't help myself. I was compelled to go over, and I had to chase that guy down through Target, right? Look like some stalker. And I'm like, I, I stopped him, and I was like, bro, you have ACL surgery, didn't you? And he's like, yep. And I'm like, I want to tell you something. You're going to be okay, bro. Man, I had that, and, and it's stronger and better, and you're going to come back stronger and better than ever. See, there, there, there was this idea of the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. And, and some of you, that, that you think somehow that, that because of your sin, that Jesus is against you. And I want to tell you this. Jesus is on your side. Uh, I love this, what uh, Dan Ortland said in his book, Gentle and Lowly. He says this. He says, Jesus is on our side. He sides with you against your sin, not against you because of your sin. Did you catch that? Like Jesus sides with you against your sin. He's not against you because of your sin. And, and so um, uh, like, like, like playing pro hockey, you guys realize that you can fight. And I can recall one time I, you know, I was playing with Philadelphia, the Flyers, and we were playing in Toronto against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And a five-on-five fight broke out. Like everyone dropped their gloves and were fighting another guy. And I thought, well, listen, I'm not going to be the only guy not fighting. And I started fighting this guy. You know, and I, and I knew I was, uh, he wasn't very tough, but... One of their uh, tough guys on Toronto got loose, and then he went around, and then the two of them jumped me and got they two on one and and, and the, two on one me, and they beat the tar out of me. <laughs> All right, and do you know what? That's what Jesus is saying. Hey, you know that sin that's constantly beating up on you? He says, what if you and I? Why don't we just gang up uh, and join together forces to to uh, annihilate? your sin that you're tired of losing uh, in. And so he was manifest in the flesh. How about this? Number two, it says that he was vindicated by the Spirit. Vindicated by the Spirit. And uh, to vindicate, it just simply means to to be found right or righteous. And so, uh, as we all know, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and that was to fulfill prophecy. But something you might not know is this, is the uh, Jewish historian Eusebius, he reminds us that, that about a thousand paces outside of Bethlehem was this enormous tower and shepherds used it to oversee a very specific flock of sheep. It was the sheep uh, that were used for sacrifice uh, during the Passover. They were, they were the lambs of God without spot and without blemish. Now do you see why Jesus, born in Bethlehem, the moment John the Baptist sees Jesus, he says this, Behold the Lamb of God. Like, like Jesus was the spotless lamb that would die uh, on behalf of your sins and mine. And, uh, and listen, he was spotless. I, I promise you this, uh, just because I'm a pastor, I promise you, if you were just to get close uh, up in on my life, it wouldn't take you long to find some trash in my life, some sinful brokenness, but not Jesus. 
Like people got right up close with Jesus and the closer they got, the more holy they knew he was. You have Pilate examined his life and he says, I find nothing wrong with him. Herod examines his life. He says, I find nothing wrong with him. Uh, The thief hanging on a cross says this, he has done nothing wrong. He is the one, the lamb of God, the spot without blemish. And and he goes to the cross and he dies on our behalf. And so, um, a little cultural reference here. Uh, how many of you have seen the movie uh, The Matrix? Right? And, and if you haven't, shame on you. Okay, You need to watch that movie. And, and if you recall, man, in the movie The Matrix, Neo was the chosen one. And here he was. He, he was battling evil until what? Uh, man, um, uh, Agent Smith pulls out the gun. Boom, 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 boom. He blows him uh, like full of holes. And, and it appears as though Neo, the chosen one, is dead. But what we, we fast forward into uh, the ship where, where Neo's love interest is. What was her name? Remember? Trinity. And as, as, as Neo's lifeless body is laying uh, in the chair, that, that here's, we read this quote from Trinity, and she says this. She says, you can't be dead. The oracle told me the one I love would be the one. So Neo, you can't be dead because I love you. And then she kneels down and whispers in his ear, Neo, I love you. And all of a sudden, what? what life starts pumping in uh, to Neo's body. His heart starts pounding again. And now Trinity says this, now get up. And what happens? Man, Neo gets up and he absolutely wrecks shop and wins the day. In a very real di- di- way that Jesus breathes his last, says it is finished. But after three days in the grave, God the Father and God the Spirit, they whisper in the the ear of Jesus, you are my son who I love. Now get up. And the scriptures record what? That the earth began to shake and that stone rolled away and Jesus had, had risen from the dead on our behalf to let us know, hey man, your sins have been forgiven, that we've been vindicated by the Spirit. And so the ramifications of that are enormous that, that here's the great news, that you and I don't have to guess about where we're going to spend eternity. In fact, um, like I, I'm amazed how many people uh, just kind of cross their fingers as they're on the precipice of spending eternity in heaven or in hell. You don't have to guess. So as a, as a pastor, I, you know, I always joke about this, but as a pastor, people give me really strange gifts, right? So, so people will give me a, like a crucifix or a cross. I'm like, eh, it's okay, you know, a gift card will be fine. Or they, they give me a Bible. I'm like, hey, got a, got a lot of those, you know. Uh, or you get like the, the coffee mug with, man, as a deer pants uh, after the water, right? And so we get that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, gift card will be fine. And, but we've all had that experience with the gift card where, where we can't remember how much is on it. And so we'll, we'll go to the cash out and we're like, come on, I hope there's enough, right? And uh, you do not have to do that with your eternity. Why? Because Jesus, he rose from the dead, was vindicated by the Spirit to let us know that our sins have, have, have forever been paid for, right? And then number three is this, we see that he was, he was seen by angels, that term angel, it simply means a messenger. And isn't it true, like if you pay attention during the Christmas story in the Bible, like, like angels are everywhere, aren't they? Right? I mean, the shepherds are seeing angels. Zechariah is hearing from an angel. Mary's hearing from an angel. But here's what I need you to do. I need you to get out of your head. That, you know, We get these images of these, these fat babies in a diaper playing the harp, and that's an angel. Wrong. Like, uh, like if you're familiar with your Bible, man, like one angel 
kills 185,000 Assyrian soldiers, right? So if you ever see an angel, you're going to need a diaper. I'll tell you that much, all right? But the Bible tells us about these angelic creatures, the cherubim and the seraphim, that they sit in the presence of God. And they they have six wings. They, They have two on their feet, two on their back, and then they have two that cover their face. And the reason for that is because they sit in the blinding light of the glory of God. And and now, can you imagine why the sky lights up in the angelic heavenly host? Why? Because they were were finally seen by angels as Jesus put on flesh. And what's the angel's response? Glory to God in the highest. But but you know, on the the first Christmas, it it wasn't just uh, that set of angels that saw uh, Jesus uh, uh, manifest in the flesh. But there was another set of angels. Do you know the Bible tells us that a third of the angels sided with Lucifer uh, in a rebellion uh, in heaven, and they were cast out uh, and they're, they're sent uh, to hell. And so, so a group of angels, they rebel against God, and, and they get an eternal hell. But do you know humanity, as humans, we very much rebelled against God. And you know what we get? We get Jesus. Merry Christmas, right? And so, uh, so he was seen by angels. And then number four is this. He was proclaimed among the nations. That word nations in the Greek is the word ethnos. It's where we get the word ethnicity. So uh, years ago, I, I went on a, a trip uh, to visit in, in Israel. We went through all the biblical sites. And in this one time, we were, we were on the Sea of Galilee, which, by the way, is not a sea. It's like more like a lake. Okay, and but we're on the Sea of Galilee, and they were recounting the story found in John's Gospel about the, the great catch of fish that Peter had. And, and it says that there was, uh, they were very specific, 153 fish. In our tour guide, he said this, the reason why the Bible is so specific, 153, he says because at that time, there was a 153 known people group. It's this idea that Jesus, he's come not just for Jewish people, but, but for everybody, for the ethnos, for the world. Um, in fact, um, many of you recall the, the life of Senator, uh, former Senator John McCain. And, um, you, you know, he was, he was a POW, POW for several years in Vietnam where he, he underwent uh, brutal torture time and time again. But, but he recalls one, one time where there's one prison guard on the night shift that, that at night they would contort his body um, so he, he could hardly sleep and they would tie his hands behind his back and contort his back. But this specific guard would come in and he would loosen uh, his chains so he would find relief and he was able to sleep at night. And then before the watch changed, he would tighten them back up again, up again so it looked like nothing uh, had, had happened. And get this, this one guard that had kindness and compassion on John McCain McCain uh, recalls on one Christmas Eve, they allowed all the POWs to be out in the the, the, uh, prison yard. And as they were, that prison guard went over to John McCain. And with his foot, he wrote in the sand and drew a cross. See, it, it was that, that cross is the thing that breaks down any, any dividing walls, any divisions in ethnicity. What? Because it makes us all one. Because of the cross of Christ, it, it's not, not because we're black or white or Jewish or Asian or Latino. The cross of Christ brings us together as one. He was proclaimed among the nations. And then it says this, he was believed on in the world. Believed on in the world. And so uh, you need to know this. You know, St. Nicholas was a real dude, right? 
Like, like back in 270 AD, he was known as Nicholas of Myra. Myra is like in modern day Turkey. And, and, he, and Nicholas and his family were, were fairly well to do and they ferociously loved Jesus. And, and legend uh, has it that, that um, there, was, there was another family that were impoverished. It was a father of four daughters. And they, they were so poor that, that their, their children were starving. So that the father was going to sell one of his daughters into slavery. Nicholas and his family got wind of it. And so in the middle of the night, they took a bag of gold, tossed it in the man's home, and, and it sustained them for one year. Once again, they, they fell uh, impoverished, and, and he, he was feared again. He was going to have to sell his daughter. So Nicholas, again, at night, took a bag of gold. But this time, the father, uh, he, he found Nicholas. He caught him. And he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I- I'm giving you uh, gold. And he says, why would you do that? He says, because you need it. And then he says, well, why are you doing it secretly at night? And here's what Nicholas said. He says, because sometimes it's better to give and have only God know. And see, so Jesus had so impacted this one man, Nicholas' life, and now he was impacting those uh, around him, right? Because Jesus, he's believed on in the world, and it transforms people's life, and then they wind up transforming the world around them. And if you don't believe me, like Jesus had 12 disciples, and then there was 120 in an upper room. But then on the day of Pentecost, it exploded into 3,000 believers were added to the church until we look today, some 2.4 billion Christ followers that Jesus is believed on in the world. And this question I need to ask you this Christmas morning, are you one of those that believe on Jesus in the world? You know, it's funny, uh, um, I, I had the, uh, the privilege uh, to play in the longest hockey game ever. Um, uh, it was I was playing for Philadelphia. We were playing against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, the game lasted for eight and a half periods. It was it was almost three complete games. ESPN put it on as an instant classic. And every now and then, they'll, ESPN will reshow the game. And the other day, they had the, the, the game. They were recasting it on ESPN. And I, I remember I was watching it, and guess what I was doing? I was looking for me the whole time. <laughs> Don't judge me. You would do the same thing, okay? And, uh, but, but here's what I want to ask you. See, I was looking for me. And, uh, in, in, you know, the book of Revelation, it paints a picture of the end of time. And here's what I want to ask you. Do you see yourself in this photo? Like Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, it, it says this. After this, I looked And behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hand. Do you see yourself around the throne of God? And listen, our, our song ends with this verse, that Jesus, he was taken up into glory. You know what's so fascinating is, is, is the first Christmas. Like Jesus came and he, he broke the power of sin. But, but he's coming again. He's coming again to the earth. And this time he, he's going to remove the very presence of sin. And the promise is he's going to wipe every tear from our eye. And sad things are going to become uh, untrue. Merry Christmas, every nation in New Jersey.
And listen, um, while our, our time is, is done this morning, I, I, I do want to remind you uh, this Christmas morning that you can continue to be faithful in your tithing and your giving. And for those of you that have supported our church, can I just say thank you from the bottom of my heart? And there's three ways you can partner with us. You can just go to our website, encnj.org, and just hit the giving icon. Or you can give via text. Uh, if you just text uh, the, the uh, letters uh, ENCNJ to the number 77977. It's a very convenient and easy way to give. Uh, or you can mail in your check or money order right here to our church offices at 101 Gibraltar Drive, right here in Morris Plains, New Jersey. Uh, every nation, I, I would love to pray for you this Christmas morning. And so, Father, I thank you for everyone listening and viewing um, our time together. Lord, I pray, Jesus, uh, that Jesus would become so real. Lord, I pray for those that are far from you would be drawn near this Christmas day. We thank you for the gift of your one and only Son. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. God bless you, every nation. Enjoy your Christmas. God loves you and has a great plan for your life. Thanks for listening to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.